Blog Talk Radio. Radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dans, and I am broadcasting live here today on Blog Talk Radio. It is Saturday, March 27th, 2021. And I welcome those of you who are here listening live with me today. And I also welcome those of you who are listening in the future because we are all here together sharing this time and this space. And today, I am once again going to focus on what has been the topic of this program for over 10 years. And it could not be more relevant and continues to be relevant. And that is, how do we work with our fears The Frontier Beyond Fear was established with the hope of a time when we would get totally beyond our fears. And we can't know, and actually we can trust, that there is that place of awareness. But as to when and where we find it um, on this earth, it's difficult to say because we're also here to experience what it means to be a human being. That's why we're here. And there surely are spaces which are totally, totally free from fear, such as on the other side of the veil when we transition from this earth. But we certainly can experience a deeper awareness and we certainly can And many lives are a testament to this, including my own experience. None of us lives a fear-free life on planet Earth. But we can find those spaces of inner peace. And we can worry less. I used to be a worrier. I've spoken of this before. My friends who knew me when I was younger would have considered me a worrier, probably. If they knew me well, I tended to worry about things. Whether I were, I worried about all kinds of things. Tests, nuclear war, you name it, I worried. It doesn't mean I didn't find spaces of joy and peace. I did, but I worried more than was helpful. Still, life turned out okay. 
despite my worries, which, by the way, is something to reflect upon. Often we hear that that can't happen. I think that it's a balance. I think that if you're totally paralyzed in fear, then no, you you can't be very productive. But there is a balance, and sometimes we worry too much about worrying. So those of you who are doing that, I invite you to let go of that fear, which can actually be quite um, quite impactful if you think that every worry is going to totally result in some destructive thing. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. But how we balance our focus is important. And today's show, I'm talking about clarity as well. And I think I will and may do this more, um, start out with some of my recent writing. I'm also going to share some other writing today. Of, um, we're going to talk about something Ralph Waldo Emerson had to say in a little bit, which I just happened to be reading this morning, and it's relevant to fear. But I'm going to start with um, just a couple of my recent blogs. I do blog daily for the most part, um, and I'm going to read last night's, and I think I'll start with the night before. So this is from March 25th. The topic is authenticity and spirituality. And I started with something I wrote a while back. I used to write a lot of things on Twitter. I've been on Twitter forever. And I would just come up with, with things to inspire people. And one of the things I wrote at one point was, Authenticity brings invisible people to life. A very important thought in these days when so many are are feeling invisible. And um, I want to talk about how clarity... And getting beyond our fears and courage really are related to authenticity. Authenticity and spirituality, you really can't separate the two. An authentically spiritual path is a path that is freely explored. How many times can I say it? We are not here to be clones, robots or to echo one another in echo chambers. We are here to be uniquely expressed aspects of the divine. We wouldn't bother to be here at all if the idea was to be the same or to always agree. It is a very great concern to me that uniformity of opinion seems to be elevated above all things these days. Not only is that an unattainable goal, it is not an attractive one. It has nothing to do with an authentically spiritual life. I'm already in, quote, disagreement with such an impossible and undesirable notion. It is fundamentalism, that's what it is, the most rigid form of thought. Such notions lead to the very opposite of a spiritual path, and you can see it very visibly in the stress and discord that results. We are here to celebrate our choices. Only the most oppressive forms of non-spiritual thought demand absolute conformity, 
and that is not a characteristic of the open-hearted divine. Why we have strayed so very far from such basic spiritual concepts, even in parts of the, quote, spiritual community, unquote, which never would have advocated for this in the past, is indeed troubling to me. Honesty, authenticity, non-judgment, empathy, forgiveness. We all do it imperfectly. These are fundamental aspects of unconditional love, the very center. Fundamentalism for its own sake, absent of divine unconditional love, is just that, fundamentalism. Those who cling to it can insist all they like and even demand or oppress. It doesn't make it it doesn't make any of it real with a capital R or true with a capital T. And then a follow up last night's blog, and you can find these blog entries. Just go to frontierbeyondfear.com, click on the blog button, and there are a couple other places on that page where I mention it, and you can follow my blog, also Twitter, Facebook. These blog posts are there. Last night's entry Sunglasses in the Dark. Quote, fear always arrives with an opt-out option. That's something else I quoted, or didn't quote. I came up with that and put on Twitter some time ago when I used to come up with various inspirational things to say. This is a shorter blog. A number of years ago, this guidance came to me in a time when I really needed to hear it. Dwelling in fear is like wearing sunglasses in the dark. Take them off and behold the dawn. Sunglasses are so very stylish these days at night and have been for a while. How is wearing them helping? I'm going to use those thoughts as a spontaneous launching point here. Um, We have some growing to do We've been growing, all of us, through this past year. And in some ways, in many ways, we've actually been receding, which is a part of our growth process. Sometimes we have to go backwards to go forwards, unfortunately. Sometimes, you know, we're getting ready for that leap forwards. But it may not be what some expect, because a true leap forward is something that can only be in alignment with openness and honesty, forgiveness and empathy and unconditional love, with awareness, with an acceptance that there is more to this earth than meets the eye, or at the very least, accepting that there are many, many people on this planet who don't only just deeply believe that, but feel they truly know it. And those of us who do, we really feel we know it. It goes far beyond a belief. There is a trend nowadays to dominate our thinking with non-spiritual thought. These things 
do not lead us in the most expansive direction. In fact, they lead us into a more narrow direction, including a misunderstanding of what it means to truly research truth. Yes, what is science? What is science? Is it narrow and rigid? Is it, this is it, this is what we know, and that's the end of it, and shut up? No, that's not what it is. True explorers of science, and I will remind you, I have degrees in mathematics and computer science, and I do research on my own in a variety of ways. I started my career working in aspects of artificial intelligence, I went to one of the top computer science schools in the country, of which I never knew I could actually make it, and how it came to be was pretty amazing. But once I was there, yes, yes, I was able to do what I came to do. And, um, you know, more of us need to believe in what we can do because I felt that um, that I had a lot of... um, you know, self-doubt at the time, and yet it was unjustified. We each bring different things to the equation. And I am going to read this other quote shortly that's very relevant to how we explore, how we openly explore truth. And there are many ways of doing it, and it's really about exploring truth. How hard is that? It's not about dictating truth. And your own clarity in finding your way forward is to do this for yourself and to to look deeper. Many people are facing many difficult decisions right now. I am well aware of this. This past year has been incredibly challenging, and it's presented us with decisions that perhaps we thought we'd never need to make. How do you find clarity on this path? Well, if there's a decision you need to make that requires some research, research. Look, there is a lot of information out there to find. And you can can explore how it feels, how it's justified. That will help you move forward in whatever decisions you need to make. Listen to your inner spirit, to your inner knowing. That will help you. But yes, it does require courage. Being here right now, for me, requires courage. And yet because I have deeper clarity, is it 100% clarity? Of course not. I'm a human being just like the rest of you. But I have the courage to explore I have the courage to care about the mutual respect, and that's what it really is, of honesty, of openly looking at things as carefully as we can, and that knowing there are diversity of opinions. And that's not only normal, it's desirable. That is science. That is the real process of 
any kind of exploration. It's bringing your own perspective to the table. It has never been, it's my way or the highway. That's not any kind of productive or enlightened or aware way of thinking. What spirituality teaches us and why that's so important as a center, certainly for me and for many, many people, however you come to it, that center is important. It helps us, it guides us, it gives us more peace, and yes, it gives us courage. Courage to say what needs to be said. So... Let's listen to Ralph Waldo Emerson, Emerson, who had something to say many years ago. Now, this is once again in some books I picked up recently. I've been enjoying reading various tidbits of wisdom. um, And Ralph Waldo Emerson speaks to me just as others do as well. This particular piece I only discovered this morning and without having to look very hard. So it's wanting to be said. It was written in 1837. Ralph Waldo Emerson lived from 1803 to 1882. This particular quote is from a um, presentation he did that um, is now was labeled the American scholar. I'm not quite sure of the context, but he was clearly speaking um, in a presentation, and it's in essay form. And I'm only going to read a paragraph. This is from the American Scholar by Ralph Waldo Emerson. In self-trust, all the virtues are comprehended. Actually, before I start, there's one small passage in here about um, how women were perceived in that day. And I know that he lived in a particular time, and um, so he viewed um, things in a certain way, although this particular passage is not um, too far afield. He He just felt that women were in a protected class during that day. Um, and um, so I just, just want to mention that before I start this. In self-trust, all the virtues are comprehended. Free should the scholar be, free and brave, free even to the definition of freedom, quote, without any hindrance that does not arise out of his own constitution, unquote. Brave, for fear is a thing which a scholar by his very function puts behind him. Fear always springs from ignorance. It is a shame to him if his tranquility amid dangerous times arrive from the presumption that, like, when, like children and women, his is a protected class or if he seek a temporary peace by the diversion of his thoughts from politics or vexed questions, hiding his head like an ostrich in the flowering bushes, peeping into microscopes and turning rhymes as a boy whistles to keep his courage up. So is the danger 
a danger still. So is the fear worse. Manlike, let him turn and face it. Let him look into its eye and search its nature, inspect its origin, see the whelping of this lion, which lies no great way back. He will, he will then find in himself a perfect comprehension of its nature and extent. He will have made his hands meet on the other side and can henceforth defy it and pass on superior. The world is his who can see through its pretension. What deafness, what stone-blind custom, what overgrown error you behold, is there only by sufferance, by your sufferance, see it to be a lie, and you have already dealt it. It's mortal blow. Unquote. That was from Ralph Waldo Emerson in The American Scholar. It was written in 1837. And he is known as being a transcendental idealist. And I do want to once again say that when we read things in the past, the people are speaking from the context of when they lived. If we just discard it, we're not going to get any additional wisdom from what these scholars are telling us. He's really telling us about how we pursue science. How do we pursue truth? Only through independence and free exploration and questioning those things that paralyze us with fear. Fear may be a catalyst sometimes in certain circumstances, but when it dominates every action we make, it not only stems from ignorance, it leads to ignorance. And it can lead us to make choices that are not in our best interests or from a space of clarity. We all seek clarity these days. Maybe some of us choose to just be told what to do, but that's not really clarity. That's the kind of clarity a child has, and not in necessarily a good way. That's not how we behave as fully functioning adults worthy of mutual respect, worthy of our own self-respect, but when you have self-respect, you respect others as well. And I come from an interesting path. I listen to a variety of sources. Look, look at who I am. I have a spiritual show that is actually quite open and not focused on a particular form of spirituality. Some would label me a New Ager. And in some ways, yes, I am. But in the way that is shared by so many other people, we envision a time on this planet when we live in conscious awareness of the divine. That is shared by many 
many ways of thought. I came from the path of um, evangelical Christianity where I was raised, and it taught me many things. One of the things that is important is realizing how special you are. That gets lost sometimes in some forms of thought, although not always. You'd be surprised. Those of you who come from that, you may have certain assumptions. Well, what do these people think? Well, guess what? We're thinking. We're thinking out here. We're being expansive. We're really thinking about things, just like you are. We're thinking. We're reflecting. We're questioning. (gasps) Questioning. How dare you? Guess what? That's how we're supposed to be. Anyone, and I mean anyone who questions your right to question, is not looking out for your best interests. It didn't matter what point in my spiritual path I was in. Do you know that when I was raised, yes, of course, there are certain beliefs that are believed there. Also in other belief systems I've been around, I... I stray from anything that um, there can be laws that are laid down as absolutes. In the middle, at the beginning of this broadcast, I talked about how worrying doesn't necessarily lead to a bad outcome. Time and time and time again in my life, I have succeeded despite worry. Well, that contradicts the law of attraction, doesn't it? Some of you are aware of that because it's not as we understand it. There is so much more compassion, forgiveness, and leeway within the divine that genuinely cares about us. How do we define the divine? It's more than we can comprehend or label. It's not just the force from Star Wars. Actually, I think this show is going to go into overtime. Um, I appreciate anyone on the line who's listening. Um, I'm not. This is such a short program that I'm I'm doing these as small segments um, as I reopen this program that's been somewhat dormant for a while. So I do appreciate your being out there and wanting to talk. But um, it's such a short program, I won't be able to. But thank you, and the live audience. I know we're getting close to the end. I want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring this program on their front page while it's been live. I'm well aware of that. Thank you. And I want to thank the live audience who has come here. And I welcome, since we will go into overtime, um, please do um, listen in the archive because I'm going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, too, which I was thinking about this morning. What can I say? There is more commonality among us than you realize, and people come from all different backgrounds, and we bring forward important things. Um, In terms of, um, I became very focused in my spiritual life on how much fear can dominate us and how it suppresses true exploration and I will say this 
questioning was always welcomed. The God that I was taught valued free choice. It was a particular way of looking at God. Um, And by the way, God is love is a really important thing now, isn't it? Um, But questioning was important. We are not robots. Most spiritual forms of thought along the whole spectrum does not view the human experience as being puppets on a string. We wouldn't be here. Why bother? Why bother, really? Why would we even exist in this way if all we are is puppets on a string? So why then, if God is that way, and many of you have different ways of viewing God, and I understand that, and I bet you know what I'm talking about, even if you come from a different perspective. Why, then, if the divine doesn't view us as puppets on a string, we are pressured to behave as puppets on a string in real life? Our leaders, those that, Those who are called to leadership in every different way, whether you're leading in a business, in a community, or at the highest levels, respecting the freedom of the people is extremely vital. It's essential. Thank you, live audience. I'm going to the archive now. And when you look to the scholars of the past, they have a lot to say about that. They knew. They knew that that freedom of thought, obviously freedom of thought is important. How do you think various scientific discoveries were made? How do you think they happened? If not through freedom of exploration, our greatest discoveries occurred Because some individual thought outside the box, and then everything changed. Those of us in the spiritual community have been very concerned, for example, that any notion of healing, of the importance of human presence and touch has been totally dismissed, as if it's just, you know, child's play and ignorant. How dare they? to borrow a phrase, how dare they label and dismiss something that many of us have seen work time and time again. In my own family history, um, you know, my grandfather, who I was too young really to know him, I talked to him a couple times, He was an evangelical minister in the New York area. He inspired a lot of people. He was like a street corner preacher. That's what he was. But in his church, healing happened. And the reason why a part of my family came to this spiritual path was because of a healing of a child in the family, my aunt from polio, who got up and walked. And we've seen this kind of thing happen again and again. 
in my own life, in other people's lives. We have seen it happen right in front of us. The power of prayer has even been proven by science. And yet we dismiss it. I'll tell you a story. I was at a New Age event some years ago. And it was early on. I don't really speak out in the community right now. I don't know what my future is. But I used to teach um, at different expos and things. And um, someone came up to me after a talk where I had been talking about a lot of commonality between us. That Can we look at some of that? It's important. You know, let me say something to those of you who have desperately want to help others and, you know, help people find a certain way of believing. We're closer to one another than you think. We're closer. And... That's what this particular situation brought out. Someone came up to me. She said she was an energy healer in the New Age community and that there had been people coming to her class. She was a teacher. And that they just seemed to know what to do right away. And so she started to ask them where they came from. Well, it turns out a lot of them started out in the evangelical community using laying on of hands. And they just seem to transition over. Now, it may be, I understand, I know, believe me, I know, I've spoken, I've been involved in many discussion forums in the past, in the days of those, and they're coming back apparently. Isn't that something? Discussion forums are returning. Because I'm an old discussion forum person, because they do lend themselves to open exploration, more so than some of the platforms we have today. I understand that we're not all coming from a space of spiritual agreement in terms of the concepts that we're talking about. But the key is we need to be talking because I know those of you who don't agree with me in a particular spiritual way do agree that we need to be exploring, asking questions like, show me the way to the divine. How many people would question that? That was very pivotal on my own path. I actually turned my back on spirituality for quite a while, but then I had kind of a moment of truth, a confrontation with my own mortality, which, by the way, and this isn't the first time this has happened in my family, something mysteriously just disappeared. I'm standing in the medical office, and they're just puzzled as can be as to how it did. That happens. I have another friend. She's in the New Age community. She got up and walked. Fourth stage, cancer, spinal cancer. Got up and walked. She's thriving today. This was years ago. Just got up and walked. She was told she was going to die. It happens. We have been so conditioned and trained especially lately, to dismiss what we know. How does that happen? That is how we lose sight of our own clarity. For some reason, it seems easier for some of us 
not for all of us, to be puppets on a string than to actually think for ourselves. Which do you think is a more valuable way of being? Which do you think is an expression of mutual respect? Do you know when someone disrespects you, a hallmark of disrespecting you, truly not caring about you, despite whatever words they say, is dismissing your right to have a different opinion, to have a different way of exploring truth. I want to talk about Star Wars quickly because I was thinking about it this morning, and this may lead into next. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next week. I may even do a program during the week. If I do a program, it's always going to be at 1 p.m., Pacific. So if you want to hear a live show, um, just look for it. I encourage you to follow the program. I'm trying to announce them at least a little in advance. I did this one. But you can count on I'll be here next Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Star Wars, a favorite of my youth and of many. Let's talk about Luke Skywalker. What happened, and spoiler alert for those rare few who have not seen this, this was in the first movie of our day. It became the fourth, but it was essentially the first one that we, many of us saw in the 70s. Star Wars had a huge impact on me. Now, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I believe in the impersonal force. I actually don't. A lot of people do. It's not impersonal. There is, when you have a higher spiritual experience or even sit in stillness and allow yourself to feel it, what comes through to you from the divine is love so incredibly powerful, you can't even label it or contain it, nor were you meant to contain it. And many of the scholars I will read in future programs, because they have a lot to say to us and they are as approachable as can be, I know I'm going from thought to thought, but you know what? There's another thing. Who was it? Who is it that's told us that this isn't approachable, that you can't just go research and study and learn, and that these words of people in the past, you know, you have to have a a master's degree to comprehend. Well, a lot of these things, why are high school students studying them then? So as adults, of course you can study these things. Just choose to do so. And I do intend in every program to share some wisdom from a great thinker. Star Wars, Luke, at the end, Death Star, what happens? First of all, he's having an unfolding spiritual higher experience, something that he didn't believe in from the start. He was a skeptic. Hey, guess what, skeptics? These things are real. You don't believe that. But if you really have courage, ask. Ask to be shown. Ask for your own personal experience. Ask and just watch. Hold on to your hat because that's what happened to Luke in a way. He didn't really ask. He didn't want it. And look what an oppressive culture he was growing up in. Total domination. 
his aunt and uncle were killed at the beginning of the movie in a very brutal, stark way. And yet he started out looking to the sun, didn't he? Hopeful. He knew there was something more. Are you a so-called rationalist? Does spirituality feel as foreign as it did to Luke? But are you looking to the horizon and saying there's got to be something more? Do you read science fiction or fantasy novels and think to yourself, wow, you know, do you play games and wish that such a world could be real? This world is so much more magical than you could even imagine. But you have to look for it. You have to open to it. And you have to trust. And if you want to do it in a way that makes you feel safe for those who come from conservative background, ask to be shown the way by your creator. I've been told so many times, be careful what God you ask. Fine, I'm not going to get into that. Ask your creator, the divine creator, without even accepting that it's real. Fine, you don't have to accept it, just ask. Well, what happened to Luke? To make a long story short, Throughout the movie, he was shown that there was something real. It's real. Oh, my gosh, it's real. People who are studying quantum physics are seeing a glimpse of this. But they also have a tendency to to, um, box it in a bit too much. I don't choose to talk in that way. I know that that love is so incredible. It can't be boxed. So... To make it so linear and boxed, it's the only way I can think of saying it, cannot contain what true awareness is. Even the word consciousness to me, it's too associated with a particular belief system. I much prefer awareness. Awareness. When I first felt it, my first thought was, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in the presence of the living God. And believe me, it was no exclusive experience. We all are. And this divine is omnipresent. It's everywhere. And that became very clear to me as I went down my spiritual path. And it's talked about it was no different than anything that I'd ever heard. God is omnipresent. What does that mean? There's nowhere that the divine can't be, including in you. Luke He came to see that there was more to his reality than met the eye. Ultimately, because he was brave enough to turn off that targeting computer at the end, spoiler alert, he was able to do the impossible or what was close to the impossible. And people questioned him, Luke, Luke, what are you doing? What are you doing? He knew because he had knowledge. He was sitting right there with it. It wasn't a belief. It was a knowledge. He could literally see and hear that there was more to reality than others believed. Even some of the people questioning him believed to some extent in this extended reality, and yet they couldn't believe enough to trust it. In the end, he trusted it. He trusted it completely. Suddenly, he trusted 
And he'd been a skeptic because he'd been shown enough and he had it there with him, right there, with him. Yes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that old crazy man. Why was he labeled that way anyway? Well, that's what skeptics do, don't they? He knew a lot, didn't he? And Luke managed to accomplish the thing that was viewed as impossible, and he turned off the computer. Talk about, yes, he used technology, and this program will talk a lot about that over time, and my blog. If you're reading my blog, you see it. I'm no great fan of technology as the only form of advancement or even a long-term path to advancement. I believe it is only a step, and we may not survive it. It's a very dangerous step. I don't believe all cultures go through technology. And let's stop being so um, ignorant, again, to not talk about other cultures. Now our scientists are finally seeing that there are all these planets out there. Well, of course there are, for heaven's sake, literally. Of course there are. How selfish and self-centered to think that we would be the only ones. And how do we know who survives? Why aren't there so many signals? That's come up a lot. I contend, I've heard, I heard someone say that maybe they technologically put themselves to sleep. Yeah, right. Maybe forever, some of these cultures. What I think has happened is they either didn't survive their own ignorance, which does happen, or they woke up. They're not asleep, they're awake. Once you truly wake up, you are aware, and God abides with you. Those of you who, you know, I know there are those who will say, she's mixing up concepts. I know, I get it. Let's talk. I'm here talking. Here you have me here. I'm this thing, this this thing that they say doesn't exist, someone who comes from a different perspective and yet is willing to talk. That's always been my way for years. And I get it's hard. It's almost impossible to talk about some of these things because I know that some of you have a particular point of view, and I get that. But let's just go back to we're making a huge step when we are saying, show us the way to the creative divine. Label it that way. You don't want to use the term spirit. You don't want to use the term God. How did we get here? You don't even have to trust that it believes or or that it exists. You don't have to believe in it. Anyway, um, I'm going to draw this program to a close now. Um, I do thank the people who've been on the line um, I haven't quite figured out how this program will unfold with respect to callers and guests. I have had a lot of guests in the past. I mean, just many, many guests. And I don't know yet how this is evolving. Right now, it's a simple expression of thoughts. Um, And so just stay with me in the process. Trust the process as to how this program will evolve. For now, um, it's simple, very simple. Um, And um, you can 
certainly write to the program. I invite you to come to the Facebook page that's associated with FrontierBeyondFear.com or comment on the blogs. Um, I haven't checked it in a while. This program actually has an email address, info at FrontierBeyondFear.com. I promise to check it if anyone's been writing to me. Um, It's just been kind of dormant, so I haven't checked it very often. But um, thank you for being here today. Together, we are making progress, real progress, when we explore. Because that's the key. Don't let anyone shut your exploration down. Try not to shut it down yourself. I've done it too. I've done it too. It's a difficult, difficult time that we live in right now and there's a lot of judgment and really outright um, suppression right now. And it's not going to lead us on a good path. An honest path of clarity and courage requires honesty. Honesty and the you have to be willing to be open about things. And people need to be willing to admit when they've made a mistake, that too. Because far too often, people don't. We all make mistakes. How come we can't admit it? In fact, that's a hallmark of science. When have we gotten on the page of thinking that scientists never make mistakes and they never admit making mistakes? Because if that's true, they're not real scientists. Real scientists make mistakes, adjust how they see things, and openly admit when they do. They're also very honest about all aspects of a thing, not just one. We're really mixed up right now on the planet. I'm well aware of it. And some of us are choosing to talk about it. How we find our way truly forward is together, not by having uniformity of opinion, but by respecting one another. Because respecting one another is honoring free exploration and free choices. And really, every person needs to choose for themselves everything what their paths are going to be forward, and so many decisions that that are before people now that are difficult ones. I welcome you in whatever it is that you're facing as a decision right now. You dig deeper and explore, because you will find things that are trustworthy and honest that will help you forward. Thank you for being here today. The website, once again, FrontierBeyondFear.com. I do blog just about every day and aim to. So thank you for being here. See you next time. I will be here at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern next Saturday. Maybe in between, we'll see. And if I am, it would be at 1 p.m. Pacific. Take care, everyone. Thank you.